Welcome to Sky Team's People First with Morag Barrett. Welcome to this week's episode of People First. And if there's one thing I love about the future of work is the fact that titles and how we approach work has changed. And the case in point is my guest today, who is the Chief Wagon Officer, the Chief Wagon Officer for Radio Flyer. And so I am excited to introduce to you today the grandson of the founder of that company, Robert Passin. Welcome to People First. It's great to be here. I am so looking forward to it. I was saying in the green room that growing up in England, we didn't have radio flyers, but I saw those little carts on all of the like the, the movies, the TV shows that I was watching. And of course, when I moved to the States, oh my goodness, they're real, they're here, and they're still everywhere, which is fantastic. So we'll get to the company in a moment, but my opening question is always the same. When you were a wee lad, Robert, and the teacher or your parents were saying, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? What was your answer? It was an artist. Um, I was the youngest of, I am the youngest of five kids. And so my mom would always bring me along to all my siblings activities or doctor's appointments. And she had given me this plastic art case. It looked kind of like a little briefcase. And I had all my materials in there for artwork and I would color and draw when I was waiting, uh, waiting with my mom. Oh my goodness! So you were landscape, or were you? Into, <laughs> I don't know what sort of scenes were you painting from your I, imagination. I, yeah, I did a lot of coloring books, so the, I was had a lot of help with the the lines. But no, I mean, I never got to that point where I had a certain <laughs> art form. Well, that's interesting. I mean, you talked there about coloring, whether you're coloring within the lines or not. And what's mm -hmm. interesting to me about Radio Flyer is that this is a company that's more than 100 years old now, truly is iconic in the American psyche. And so when you inherit a business like that, how do you prepare it for the next 100 years and, and keep the essence the same but innovate? So it's a big question to start with. But help me understand how and, and what brought you to being chief wagon officer. Yeah, well, I mean, growing up in the business as a young kid, I fell in love with Radio Flyer and what it means to people. And, you know, as a kid visiting the factory with my dad and then working here summers in high school and college. And so when I joined full time about 30 years ago, uh, the company was really at a crossroads. Um, the company had been doing well for a long time, you know, 70 years at that mm -hmm. point. Uh, but we were on the decline. And the main reason was because our core business was making steel wagons, that traditional classic wagon everybody thinks of when you hear radio flyer. But plastic wagons had come into the market and were taking sales away from us. At the same time, the company and the culture, it, it was it was just, it had become kind of um, caught in the past. <laughs> and uh, so I was very young, very clueless, but very committed and very passionate about, you know, saving the business. And so because it was our family business, even though I was so young and inexperienced, I got to do all kinds of stuff that I wouldn't have been able to do somewhere else. And and a lot of times I would, I did start doing a lot of research and talking to consumers. And um, a lot of times people would say, oh, Radio Flyer, are they still in business? Ooh, ow. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, I, I, every night I'd go to bed thinking, oh my gosh, are we going to go out of business? Um, so it was really scary, but it was also really invigorating because 
consumers would also tell us these amazing stories about when they were a kid and how they imagined that their uh, wagon was a race car or a rocket. And all these wonderful images around being outside in the sunshine, wind in my hair, sun in my face. So I started to really key into those emotional elements of our brand versus the fact that, you know, we make steel wagons. That's how we thought of ourselves at the time. And by keying into what our brand really means to consumers, we were able to really unlock the full potential of the brand. And we're always navigating that in, that inherent tension between the nostalgia of the brand, which is very powerful, but it had kind of anchored us to the past at that point to being relevant and really current to what consumers want and need today. You make it sound so easy, but I know when you're doing a transformation <laughs> like that, what I'm tapping into, and it's why I do what I do for a living now, is the logic of change is actually only a the smaller part of affecting change. Because what you've identified there, it was engaging the hearts and minds. It's the emotional piece. And whilst you're looking at the um, customers of the past who might be now buying wagons or different um, radio flyer products for their children or their family, you've also got to tap into the emotion of the staff that you inherited who, like you, may have had long tenure with the company and be vested in. But this is the way we've all always done it. So yeah. help me understand then what was some of the the early tactics you used to engage the hearts and minds for the staff that helped to to pivot the business. Yeah. Well, we had to make some really tough decisions because at that point we were essentially a manufacturer and the majority of the people in the company were related to our factory in Chicago making these steel wagons and we didn't have a product development team. You know, we didn't have a marketing team. You know, we had one person in sales, you know, so we were a really small team. Most of the people were working in the factory and over the course of trying to figure out what we could become really great at, we realized that the thing we were really great at making steel wagons was going away or, or becoming very small and, uh, and we couldn't sustain an operation with making steel wagons. So we made the decision to no longer be a manufacturer, to focus on brand development, design, product development. Um, and so we shut down the manufacturing operation. And that was a very painful but critical move to survive, because if we had kept it going, we either would have run out of money or we would have had to sell the company. And when we went through that process of shutting down the factory, it was really like it was it was like a, a you know, a part of our family had died and and we treated it that way. And we were very respectful to the people who were departing. We did it in the most humane, generous way we could. And then after we shut down the factory, we went through a year long process with the people who were still at the company. Many of them had been there for a long time, like you said. And we started asking these questions. What does Radio Flyer mean to people? What are our values as a company? You know, what do we aspire to become? And over the course of, of the, that year, we were able to articulate our mission and values for the first time. We had never written those down, you know, and, and as we went through the process, it became very clear uh, that our mission was to bring smiles and create warm memories. That's the, the stories that we got from consumers. And then our values were all about um, quality and uh, integrity and things that had been with the company since my grandpa had started it. So. It was a really empowering process because it was not like we were 
we didn't hire some like consulting firm to come in and help us figure out our mission and values. We were just naming things that were really there and, and kind of lifting them up and polishing them and saying, okay, here's, here's the things that we can use to bring us forward. So there you're articulating again, the heart, what makes it special, what it feels like, not just to work for the business, but as a customer, the experience that I'm getting, the memories that I'm making. What were some of the, um, trip hazards then as you were also going through that and trying to name what made the company special but also letting go of what might have been do you remember how and where you may have skinned your knees along the way well yeah a lot i mean we, we, we you know during that whole process you know we didn't have an hr a true hr function so while we were figuring out you know who was going to stay at the company we had to hire a lot of people we had to hire designers and engineers and mm -hmm. marketers and and I had never done that and we didn't have a process for that. So I made a lot of hiring mistakes. Um, I had to learn, you know, what, it, how to really hire people and, and, you know, focusing on the job that needs to be done more mm -hmm. than a, a fancy looking job description. Uh, we came out with a lot of products that didn't succeed. So we had to learn a lot about developing new products. Um, so I, I would, it's safe to say <laughs> I made about every mistake you possibly could make during that process. And though we did have success at the same time and that we had, fortunately, we had more success than failure. And over time, those successes became more and more and more. And that enabled us to earn more, grow our sales, earn more money, hire more people and yeah. start that kind of flywheel of success. Yeah. Oh, I like that. The analogy of the flywheel and so on. But again, it's the human element that makes or breaks change. And it's the human element that makes or breaks companies every single day. Yes. So what role have relationships played then in your success and the success of Radio Flyer? Yeah, I mean, that's everything. I think the relationships that, you know, I remember being at my grandpa's funeral in 1990. So it was before I started in the, in the company and uh, he lived a very long life. And a lot of people at, at the funeral came up to me and said, you know, I knew your grandpa, I worked for him or I knew your grandpa. I was a, a supplier of equipment to him. And everybody said the themes were that he was a man of integrity. He was kind. He always treated everyone with respect. Um, you know, people told me that they never signed a contract with him. It was just a handshake. And so I think those are the things that I think that's how he led the company. It was based on those relationships of integrity, respect, kindness, you know, mutual success. And because he set such a great example and my dad was the same way. Um, you know, I learned at a very early age that that's how you need to treat people. That's the right way to do business. Yeah, it's it, it makes all the difference. And it's interesting, I was just looking at your products. You've gone from the stainless steel wagon to, so how many products does Radio Flyer currently have available? Yeah, we have over 100 products and now we are, we are selling in the UK now. Um, yeah. So we're growing our sales outside the US. Um, but yeah, as we went down this path of trying to figure out what we could be successful at, we really focused on those outdoor active play and really things with wheels, you know, so yeah. we looked at tricycles, scooters, that's how we've been expanding our product line. And I've got two here. One made me giggle because the name is Ziggle. So you're going to have to tell me about <laughs> Ziggle. And then I'm looking at the picture of the cyclone and, I'm, and what immediately came to mind there is accessibility. Yeah. And I'm assuming is that a deliberate and overt choice to provide vehicles, wheel, wheel toys and vehicles, but they're powered by different mechanisms. So for 
for listeners and viewers who don't know what I'm talking about, tell us about the Ziggle and tell us about the Cyclone. Yeah, these are, we we call them alternative motion ride-on. So it's not like a typical pedal ride-on. Yeah. So the Ziggle, you get on it, there's no pedals, there's no chain. And okay. you just, you actually just kind of wiggle it um, okay. and it propels it forward. So, and it's really, really fun to ride and you can do 360s. And then the Cyclone you're mentioning is an arm powered, it looks kind of like an arm powered big wheel with two big wheels. Um, okay. And, uh, and yeah, we are always looking for any way that we can get any kid. Um, I mean, my grandpa's slogan was for every boy, for every girl. And I think that expands today just for everyone, you know, for every um, ability, you know, so we are always looking to do that. I don't know about every boy and every kid. I think I want to ziggle. I mean, that just makes me, <laughs> as I said, you can see it on my face. It just makes me so happy just thinking about it. But you have actually branched out and you have the e-bikes are designed yeah. for adults. Yeah, so again, like, how do you make the move from wagons and kids movement to e-bikes? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it seems like maybe a leap if you haven't you know, seen the development of our product line for a long time, but we have just continued to evolve to really anything with wheels. And when we were looking at electric bikes, we've looked at bicycles for many years and because it's a, an adjacent category, a lot of people, kind of consumers would tell us they thought Radio Flyer made bicycles. Um, and so we'd hear those things and then, um, but bicycle category is really competitive. Um, and so we had experienced, uh, I had seen cargo bikes, you know, in Europe a long time ago. Oh, yeah. Um, where kids would, or people would carry their family and, and stuff. And I thought that is so fantastic. But then I rode one and I was like, wow, this is really hard to ride. Like, it's really heavy. Um, and then later I'd ridden an electric bike and I was, and I was like, wow, this, maybe these things could come together. And so... So we're really focused on um, bikes that uh, can help families replace car trips with bike trips. And so that's the niche we're focused on right now is really uh, getting these bikes that, you know, parents can drop their kids off at school, yep. go, go do groceries with all these cool accessories, the kid and cargo carriers. And we launched those last year and it's been going really well. I'll keep an eye out for those. We'll be turning into an Amsterdam neighborhood before we know it. <laughs> That's the goal. Definitely. <laughs> well, it would be definitely better for the environment and probably my waistline if I was cycling a little bit more. Definitely. So how has the pandemic then influenced the, how you go to market and the business? And I'm curious about how you've maintained a sense of connection and the culture within the business while we've all been working in these topsy-turvy times. Yeah, well, you know, what we fortunately for us, we were one of the beneficiaries of increased business during the pandemic because families were stuck at home and they bought tricycles and scooters and wagons, you know, to get outside and keep the kids active and, and engaged and entertained. And we got all kinds of stories and photos from families during the pandemic that were so wonderful where people would say, you know, we were we were having cabin fever and our favorite part of the day is getting outside and, you know, riding around the block and so we felt like, you know, we were a bright spot in people's lives during a, a difficult time. And that felt really good. Um, in terms of the team, we we have a really great team. We've been recognized as the best place to work many times. And we just leaned on that during the pandemic. And so, you know, we adapted like everybody else did and moved all of our, you know, practices and gatherings and everything to online and our team did an amazing job and now we're back to a blended in-person um, virtual schedule and I think people are we're starting to hit our stride of where people are getting 
the stuff that they loved about being together, but we're also keeping a lot of the good stuff that we learned how to work together virtually during the pandemic. So as a chief wagon officer, where are you on the spectrum of get yourselves back into the office to <laughs> work from anywhere, anytime? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we, have, we have one office in Chicago, and so it makes it a lot simpler for us. So we have basically organized our week so that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, um, we're in the office, you know, if, and if you can't be in the office for whatever reason, we have flexibility on that, but we're in the office and that's when we're having our, our collaboration, our meetings. That's where we try to focus all of that. And then on Monday and Friday, it's optional if you want to work from home or work from office. And it seems to be going pretty well. We'll keep, we'll keep tweaking it. I can't say we haven't completely figured out, but, um, I think it's working pretty well. I like that. So as you look to the future, then 10, 20 years from now, What's your vision then for Radio Flyer? <laughs> Bigger and better, I would say. Um, yeah, we're going to keep focused on our mission of bringing smiles and creating warm memories. We're going to keep expanding our product line um, and really focusing on families, transportation for families, uh, active play for families. Um, and I think to me, the future has never been so bright for, for us because we have a great team, great product line and a brand that people really love. So I'm just picturing you. Are you still known to get into a wagon and ride it down the hill, you know, <laughs> with a brink of white knuckle ride? Am I still, can I still do that? Yes. Oh, yeah, I can. I'm, and actually, I've been doing a lot of yoga lately, so I've, I'm increasing yeah. my flexibility. <laughs> <laughs> when you tuck and roll as you hit a stone and it tickles, whatever, I like that. Okay. Got to wear that helmet, though. Yeah, you got to wear the helmet safety <laughs> first. So on that note, um, safety first and learning, that's the pivot I'm making. What's the leadership lesson then that, or the leadership skill that you are currently working on as chief wagon officer? Yeah, I think flexibility right now is, is really being more flexible to this. I mean, this is such a radically different working environment than the one I entered 30 years ago. Um, and so I'm trying to really be flexible and really listen to what people need and want and what can really work for both people and the business. So I'm looking at the bookcase behind you. Obviously, I can see the beautiful bronze cast model there. But over your other shoulder, I won't say right or left because, oh, it must be your right. There you go. You have a Tesla. So tell me about that. Yeah, well, we, we uh, started our partnership with Tesla almost 10 years ago. And we were entering uh, these electric cars for kids category. So our team was doing a bunch of research on that. And we found that everything that was on the market at that time had traditional lead acid batteries and they worked okay, but they don't hold the charge as much. And it takes a long time to charge them up. They have to like charge overnight. And so parents would say to us, we love this car from this competitor, but it's all, the battery's always dead and it takes forever to charge. And so our head of product development said, Oh, we could solve that with lithium ion batteries. And maybe we should talk to Tesla because they were up and coming. And, and so we pitched the idea to Tesla. And when we pitched them, we said, we want everything about the experience for the kids' Tesla to be like the adults. So just like you can't buy a Tesla at a car dealership, you know, and ah. the, the equivalent then was, you know, re mass market retailers, you buy it online and you can customize it. You can check, pick the color. You can put your kid's name on the license plate, you know, and uh, the Tesla team really loved the fact that we were, we really got what they were and the whole experience was. And so we launched it in 2016 and it's just been a huge success and a great partnership. Oh my God. That just gives me goosebumps. Cause again, it's the, the attention to detail mm 
that <laughs> makes a difference. And that was something else that jumped out to me earlier this year. It's funny, I see Radio Flyer everywhere now, which is a compliment, not a complaint. Thank but you. I was reading one of the newspaper articles about the innovation that you'd done in a hospital environment. So for many watching or listening, they're thinking, radio flyers, hospitals, what? So <laughs> fill in the gaps there. Yeah. Well, about 20 years ago, we were when I first started, we were just kind of organically donating wagons to hospitals. We'd get a call from a children's hospital or a children's area in a hospital saying, we, we'd like to use your wagons to transport kids around um, because it's less scary, uh, more fun, more playful than a wheelchair or a gurney or something like that. And so we were just donating wagons. But then I met somebody from the Starlight Foundation, which their whole mission is to make kids and family stays in hospitals more fun, less scary. And we struck up a partnership where we would give Starlight wagons and they would distribute them to the hospitals. And over the years, we've donated about 15,000 wagons to hospitals through Starlight. And we get these amazing photos and stories of families who are in a really challenging time. I mean, that's one of the most stressful uh, upsetting times for families if your kid is in the hospital and that this wagon, you know, helped them get through it and it brought a little joy to their experience. And so we would get these pictures and our team would look at them and they would, you know, we'd see the smiles and everything. And they'd say, you know, they've got the IV pole just like wrapped on there, you know, with a cord, with a bungee cord. And our team, our product development team is really passionate about great design. And so they're like, you know, we can do better than that. We can solve these problems. So they did a big research uh, project where they went into hospitals. Our team went into hospitals and interviewed staff, and they developed this wagon that's completely designed from the ground up for this use in hospitals. And we call it the Hero Wagon. Um, and we launched it uh, earlier this, or we launched it last year. And it's just it's been a wonderful thing because um, it just makes people's stays during that time that much more pleasant and fun. Well, it goes back to your opening comments. What's Radio Flyer all about? It's all about helping to create memories. And if during that stressful time, the memory has that bright spot and it's making life easier for everybody, that's just wonderful. So, Robert, as we come to the end of our time together here, how can people um, find out more about the hundreds of products that are now available under the Radio Flyer brand? Yeah, I mean, of course, you can go to our website, which is RadioFlyer.com. And then I'm on LinkedIn, so you can check check out my posts. I post a lot about our team and culture and what we're doing at Radio Flyer on LinkedIn. Okay. Thank you for sharing your insights with me today. Thanks. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. All right. That was the dramatic pause. Now we move to extra <laughs> credit. Thank you. That was brilliant. I got goosebumps just listening to those stories and anecdotes. Thanks for being such a nice interviewer. Oh, well, I do my best. Is that a Radio Flyer red water jug too? <laughs> yes, it's, it's everywhere. It is everywhere. Okay. All right. So here we go with extra credit. Welcome to this week's... Uh, blah, blah, blah. Take two. Welcome to this week's episode of Extra Credit, where I put leaders on the hot seat and ask them the tough questions. And this week, I have the chief wagon officer. Yes, you heard that right. Chief Wagon Officer for Radio Flyer, Robert Passin. Welcome to Extra Credit. It's great to be here. All right. Your opening question then is, to be an ally, one should? Listen. Ooh. A leadership skill that you had to learn the hard way. 
<laughs> my first thing was listening, but I, <laughs> I that's the first thing that came to mind. Um, we'll but, take um, it, we'll take it, we'll take okay. it. All right, when dealing with conflict, we should. Uh, leave nothing unsaid. Ooh. So speaking truth to power, mm -hmm. bear in mind that. <laughs> I'm going to build oh, on that. So when, when speaking truth ooh. to power, bear in mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, there are always reasons uh, for why things are that you may not be aware of. All right. Um, a leadership lesson that you uh, would like new leaders to pay attention to? I think gaining self-awareness is one of the most difficult things to get as a leader and one of the most important. Okay, one tip for getting self-awareness. Uh, feedback, asking people for feedback in the, feed, in the form of feed forward, like Marshall Goldsmith says. Yeah. Yeah, I'll put a link to that um, article to explain Feed Forward. A very powerful tool there, Robert. All right. Something that you are never without. Oh, my phone, I'm sure, is what everybody says. Uh, that, <laughs> but that's really, that's really true. I'd say running shoes. Okay. Fair enough. Running shoes. Okay. But I was about to go with, you mentioned in the main episode, please listen, that you enjoy yoga, your favorite yoga pose of the moment. <laughs> well, my wife is my yoga teacher. Um, so I was going to, I thought you were going to say be your favorite yoga teacher. Uh, I was going to say my wife. Um, they, I don't really, it's really hard for me, yoga. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I go with corpse pose. For those who oh, don't do yo yoga, I it's like lying that. down on the mat at the end going, I survived. But that, very powerful. I'm going to steal that. But I like your favorite yoga teacher answer too. You know, <laughs> that's a good leadership trait, being able to answer the question you want. All right, <laughs> finally then, Robert, three words. Three words that you hope others would use to describe you at your best. Clear. Kind. Courageous. Clear, kind, and courageous. Robert Passon, Passon, thank you for being my guest on Extra Credit. It's been so much fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining Morag today. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe so you don't miss a thing. If you learned something worth sharing, share it. Cultivate your relationships today when you don't need anything before you need something. Be sure to follow Sky Team and Morag on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And if you have any ideas about topics we should tackle, interviews we should do, or if you yourself would like to be on the show, drop us a line at info at skyteam.com. That's S-K-Y-E team.com. Thanks again for joining us today. And remember, business is personal and relationships matter. We are your allies.